This is The Varsity, a sports podcast from The Record North Shore, your nonprofit local news site. The Varsity is presented by the Illinois Bone and Joint Institute, with more than 150 fellowship-trained physicians in every orthopedic specialty and dozens of locations across Chicagoland and the suburbs. IBJI is your choice for patient-focused orthopedic care. To find the nearest location, visit IBJI.com. Howdy folks and welcome to the latest episode of the Varsity Podcast, a podcast where we discuss everything involving North Shore High School sports. I'm Michael Dwojek here with the record North Shore founding members Joe Coglin and Martin Carlino. Just a quick reminder before we get you guys set up for this latest episode that you can subscribe to the podcast anywhere that they're available. Make sure to check us out on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on Android. Anywhere where you can listen to podcasts, make sure to also give us a nice uh, little review while you're there. Um, always appreciated. The more subscriptions and the more reviews we have, the more uh, people we can get in front of or uh, talk to, I guess, in this instance. So uh, make sure you guys are uh, doing that and spreading the word as well. Um, so in this week of the, of the podcast, we're going to talk about uh, the sports that are coming back and kind of get doing a general preview of what is going to be happening um, now that sports are officially back, we talked about the grand scheme of things in last week's episode of the podcast, but this week we'll, uh, talk about, uh, specifically the winter sports that could start as soon as possible. Honestly, they're starting, uh, today as you're recording this on Wednesday and some sports are actually starting, uh, today for our, our local area. So, uh, we'll talk about that, uh, no quarters or, uh, halves or periods for this episode of the podcast. We're just going to just gonna go uh, do a nice little slow jam on this podcast and see uh, see where it takes us. Uh, <laughs> but uh, why don't we start off by uh, talking about um, where we're going with this uh, sports scene, and that includes today, where we have uh, some uh, girls gymnastics events happening, some bowling events happening. Uh, boys swimming is also uh, gonna get started here, and we have a uh, we have boys and girls basketball schedules coming up for most of our teams, not officially from Nutrier yet, but we hear that they're around. And we also have uh, competitive dance and cheerleading uh, happening as well. So um, with uh, all of that happening, why don't we start off with just talking about boys and girls basketball, where um, we know Loyola is starting its season on Friday, both the boys and girls team with the doubleheader against Maine South. Uh, they announced that. Um, we also have a schedule out for both teams as well. So it seems like they're pretty set up and, Nutrier, I know uh, there are rumblings about games happening around. We don't have anything officially as schedule-wise. But, um, I mean, what are you guys looking forward to um, for our area teams for boys and girls basketball as we uh, kind of get started? You figure after a week of practice, um, games should be really interesting. I know we're happy to have games at the beginning of the season, but um, I'm sure we're not probably going to see the cleanest or uh, the best basketball, but uh, we'll be pretty happy to have basketball back at some in some way. Yeah, doubleheader on Friday night. Pretty awesome start to the season for uh, both the boys and girls programs at Loyola. I'll sort of focus uh, my commentary on, on those two teams, teams since I've seen a little bit about them uh, with some coverage we've had here at the record and some other um, great high school basketball articles we, we've seen pop up recently. But I know the on the boys side of thing, the boys side of things, the Ramblers are sort of reloading a little bit this season after. Um, one of their best seasons in program history last year um, got cut short a little bit, obviously because of the pandemic, 
but uh, graduated a, a pretty heavy senior class and now are, are reloading a little bit. But I think they were something like 30 and four last year um, or a very, very impressive record that was uh, that was very close to that. But on the girls side of thing, I know Joe had a chance to uh, talk with their head coach a little bit earlier on. Um, and they're expecting a very good season from uh, from what I've heard. And they I think. The coach told Joe that they might have uh, four or five play, four or five college players on the roster, which is uh, very impressive. Yeah, and they got five seniors in their starting lineup, uh, according to Coach Jeremy Schoenecker for Loyola. So I think start off with a bang here. I, I don't know about you guys, I'm pretty excited um, for hoops. I'm a big hoops guy, and we got uh, Loyola against Maine South, two of the biggest powers up here on the North Shore. You know, in their bad years, they're very good teams. So. Um, it's, it's nice that the, they're starting out with some, some nice local rivalries. Just talked to coach Nutrier girls, coach Terry Rogers, um, a little bit ago, and they're starting up Saturday against made West. So two other powers going at it on Saturday to start things off. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's exciting to get basketball back and, um, remember, you know, it wasn't even a sure thing, even though IHSA announced that it could come back, it had to wait till tier four. So we had to get, I'm sorry, phase four. So we had to get there mitigation wise. Um, and numbers wise for COVID. And we got there earlier this week, um, thanks to a free falling positivity rate, which um, on a daily basis is coming in, you know, below six at uh, four and a half, I think it was one day and five and a half another day with a lot of testing. So the overall average is now well below six and a half where it needs to be. And I think uh, it's going to take a surge to get us back over, which would pause everything. But I think we're in pretty good shape for, for a little bit here um, to get the harsher sports going. And like um, uh, the harsher, the, uh, the higher, higher risk. risk. Yeah. <laughs> last week, um, we, another thing, la- sorry to cut you off, Joe, but last week we had a, we had a little brief discuss- discussion of what some of the schedules might look like. And Michael alluded to it early on in his intro, but so far, everything we've seen, we've seen our schools put out very optimistic um, schedules with more than a dozen games. And in some cases up to 15 or 16 conference games alone. So We'll see how it all plays out, but uh, on the on the scheduling side of things, very optimistic that we'll get a significant number of games here in this little over a month time frame. Yeah, a lot of lot of playing, less practicing, more playing, which I think is appropriate in a season like this that's abbreviated and that's uh, got to be some fun and got to be a, a relief um, from a lot of the quarantining and uh, um, isolation. Yeah, and Marty, you mentioned uh, the scheduling a little bit. I'm looking at the Loyola girls basketball schedule right now. And other than uh, the first few games, you see basically the entire schedule is going to be home and homes. So you have them playing against on the, on the 18th against Trinity at Loyola, and then on the 20th they go to Trinity. And then on the 25th they play at Fenwick at Loyola, and then they go to Fenwick and that kind of stuff. So that's interesting to watch them that – um, you've seen that in college basketball and you've seen that in the professionals a little bit where, um, you have these teams playing against each other, playing home and homes. And it'll be really interesting to see, cause we've kind of seen that, uh, a little bit in college basketball with the mid majors, but, um, how you're basically, and we've seen it in NHL and other sports where you have these teams, uh, sometimes you play them at the beginning of the season. And then at the end of the season, or even the middle of the season, you have them it's like you're facing a completely different team, whether that's because of injuries, whether that's because of, you know, just how you mature as a team during the season. So um, it'll be really interesting to look at how teams kind of approach it of like, well, you just saw a team on Thursday and you're playing them against on Saturday, how fresh, like 
how do you use what you saw on Thursday and against Saturday and how, uh, how much, how that's really going to affect games. I think that's going to be a really interesting thing to look at and how teams basically game plan where the next time you play them, you're their latest game. So, I mean, you don't really have to do a lot of scouting. You don't really have to do that much, uh, uh, maybe that much tape as much as you would if you're playing a different team. But um, I mean, what do you guys, I mean, you guys mentioned how excited you guys are for the start of sports. What are you guys expecting? Um, obviously not predictions or like wins and losses and that kind of stuff, but the kind of style of play and what we're going to, is going to take five or six games to kind of really get into things. I mean, I know these guys have been doing drills and that kind of stuff, but I mean, until you start playing games, I mean, you don't really get into good uh, game shape until you get a couple under your, uh, under your feet. Yeah. I think even in a, in a quote unquote normal year, you sort of, you sort of get that little buffer period at the beginning of the season where you have, you know, maybe two to four games where you sort of find your rhythm and, and try to establish an identity of how you're, you're going to play throughout the season and what your team is going to try to do on, on both sides of the floor. So obviously I think this year it'll be a little bit, uh, that buffer period will be a little bit extended with teams trying to, uh, to figure out how they're going to play. Um, obviously conditioning is probably going to be a factor because basketball is a, is a sport that takes a lot of gameplay oftentimes to get that conditioning level up. There's sort of no way you can simulate other than, than scrimmaging that you can simulate the conditioning levels of a, of a basketball game because of how it can, how it can vary from game to game and the, and the endurance that it requires. So those will probably be some of the themes we'll see early on um, figuring out uh, establishing the, the systems that teams run and, and trying to, um, take care of the ball as best as possible. You'll probably see a little bit higher of a turnover rate these first couple games than you will as we get further along into the season. Yeah, absolutely. You're probably going to expect a, a sloppier game to start, um, and especially in the, probably the transition game is um, the, the nuanced parts of the game. Transition defense uh, might be a little rough as, as teams trip, you know get used to working together as a unit on the floor because uh, it's going to be trial by fire basically. So um, you're going to see a bit of that um, maybe, maybe lead to some, some high scoring games, but also efficiency is going to get off, be off on the offensive end. Um, so maybe that evens it out a little bit, but um, I expect a little bit of that um, running and gunning as, as teams kind of just figure their, find their, find their identity there on the floor. So, but it should be fun. I think these are quality teams and they're quality coach that, that at least we cover in this area. Um, so I think knowing that they're going to play at least three games per week, um, they're going to get there quickly, um, at least find something to play with and they're going to have fun doing it. So um, I expect a lot of, um, a lot of fun out there and a lot of joy um, to be back in the court when uh, whether they're wearing masks or not. So that's uh, boys and girls basketball um, for the other wonder sports. I mean, what teams uh, are you guys kind of looking forward to? I mean, obviously Nutria girls gymnastics is always a, uh, a strong suit, always competing for a state championship. And I wouldn't expect anything else uh, from uh, that team as well. I mean, obviously uh, both uh, Loyola and Nutria boys swimming uh, competed well last season. I know obviously things change and, um, it'll be really interesting to watch how they kind of adapt to the different changes, but um, what are some of the teams that we're kind of looking forward to uh, just competing in our area? I mean, as soon as today. Yeah, I'm excited to get out there for gymnastics today. You know, the return of sports, you know, in the in Trier is today. 
Um, first time since November. Um, so very excited and specifically for gymnastics. You know, I, I enjoy covering gymnastics because as I've said before, I enjoy watching people do what I can't even think of being capable <laughs> of doing. But, um, you know, we did, I did a story in the, in the winter um, about um, how gymnastics, you know, one, one senior in particular, Amelia Montgomery just wanted one more meet because she fell at the state meet and she just wanted, you know, that redemption and she wasn't sure if she was going to get it. Well, she is. And, and so I'm excited to see them out there and, and kind of um, record the joy and, and uh, document it um, as well, hopefully, as well as just um, competition again. So I think gymnastics will be pretty good, uh, pretty competitive. Um, you know, no state series, so we won't be able to judge things kind of on that state level. Um, but I think it'll be a lot for, for things like swimming and things like even cheerleading and dance and, and gymnastics, kind of that personal best, you know, whether that's a team best or a personal best. Can you beat what you did the meet before? Um, by the end of the year, what progress have you made? I think that's going to be the measure of success here, and it's an important one. Yeah, shout out to bowling and badminton, badminton as well. Um, fun sports, always always fun to cover, and hopefully they'll uh, they'll get some love this this winter season as well. Um, and and usually our our coverage area produces some really good programs in those sports as well. So. I think we had a 300 game too um, out of uh, Nutrier already in a practice this year. So um, shout out to that as well. Yeah, Big Sam things. Wolf uh, had a 300 the other day. Big things coming maybe this season. Um, so Joe, I know. Um, actually, before I get to you, I'm going to do a quick uh, do a quick plug over here as we're halfway through the podcast and give a quick thanks to our sponsor, the Illinois Bone and Joint Institute. They have many locations in the Chicago area, so make sure you check them out. Move better and live better. Um, but uh, before I did that read, I was going to go to you, Joe, and say uh, I know that uh, you caught up with uh, some teams where, uh, who, um, while we were talking last week and a little bit this week about uh, the IHSA bringing their plan about, back um, for sports, there were uh, two teams that technically don't fall under the IHSA umbrella, and that's uh, both versions of hockey, field hockey and ice hockey. Um, and I know, uh, Joe, that you caught up with uh, both of the teams for uh, Nutrier, at least for the both uh, hockey teams. And uh, what did what did you learn from them and uh, what they're planning on doing um, forward as uh, since, like I mentioned earlier, they're not part of the IHSA? Yeah, we'll start with field hockey. So I talked to Coach Stephanie Hakaza, uh, who's been there forever and has um, led a, a lot of championship teams back-to-back -back, um, the, the two most recent years here in uh, 18 and 19. Um, so they won't, they're basically falling in line with all the other deferred fall sports, um, and specifically soccer, since soccer is the other outside sport. So they'll start um, in March and go till uh, April, about a six-week season, and um, – you know, she told me that, uh, you know, they're excited to be back out there, you know, masks or not. Um, it, what's going to be very difficult for them is, uh, well, they don't have a state series similar to all the other deferred fall sports, um, but uh, will be the weather. You know, um, she talked about how Nutrier, one of the premier programs in the state, if not the premier program, um, they really like to play on a, on a slick, fast moving surface, which takes a, which they usually take a dry, um, AstroTurf surface and water it down, makes it nice and slick and fast moving. But what happens when you have kind of a longer turf field and it gets soggy, not wet, but soggy, like, like snow or consistent rain, is it really slows down the play. 
So it's going to be a different year for them. Um, we're going from usually dry months of September and October to usually pretty wet months in March and April. So very different conditions. Um, but you know, those are, those are ancillary, basically ancillary. She's not, she's more excited about that. The girls get to get out there and get out to compete and play. Um, and obviously they're one of the best around. So, um, they're excited to, to go get it. Um, and they don't need too much tape. Any girl that's uh, going to college from those field hockey teams to play field hockey pretty much already has that locked up. She said, so they're not too worried about, um, showcasing their best, um, for college purposes, for individual purposes, but, um, they'll get a full slate in from those six weeks. Whenever they can get outside without snow on the field, they will. So field hockey will, will have a pretty um, substantial season from March to mid-April. Hockey, on the other hand, is a different beast. So a couple weeks ago, January 19th, um, the um, Amateur Hockey Association in Illinois, um, AHI, canceled the state tournament. So when they canceled it, they even said in their descriptor, in their letter, that they can't go back on it because of all the logistics it takes and all the, the funding it takes to fund those tournaments for all levels, by the way, not just high school. And then it comes out that we moved to phase four and hockey can play. So it's kind of all a mess. And I talked to Lenny Munson over at Nutrier Girls Hockey, and he basically said that they can't really find teams to play. And so anything they will find right now um, will be a practice game. Um, and they will get on the ice and they will play teams. They've uh, Loyal Academy doing something similar. Um, Latin, I think I mentioned, and then a kind of a combined co-op out there from the Naperville area. So they're going to on the ice and play some games that they'll, they'll be non-official. Um, and uh, so, you know, that's what they'll get done this year. It's the best they can do. Kind of a bummer, Michael, you wrote a story in the fall about how hockey lost last year's, the girls hockey team state title game when really they were steamrolling their way to the state title. It was it would have been a big upset if they lost it a year after they were runner-up in 2019. So uh, they were the favorites. They were going to be the favorites again this year, and, and they just won't get a chance to do it, and that's kind of a shame. Yeah, it's definitely tough to watch uh, just to have, especially if you're a junior, just go through that experience of um, playing and not being a chance, uh, not getting a chance to play in the state championship game, and then you miss out on your entire senior season. I mean, obviously that's just uh, that's just tough, and obviously not not their fault or anything like that obviously just just the circumstances that we've been dealing with ever since everything started in March but um obviously uh it's good to hear that the field hockey team at least uh will be able to uh get their season started and uh hopefully uh, have another successful year as uh as Nutri is uh pretty uh consistent on doing uh every single year but um we're gonna finish off this episode of the podcast by talking uh a little bit about football. We uh, bring that up because uh, the on Tuesday, uh, Loyola kicker Nate Van Zest announced that he is committed uh, to the University of Wisconsin. Um, obviously, a great opportunity to play for a Big Ten team, especially um, as a kicker. Obviously, Nate, one of the best kickers in the state and one of the better uh, kickers in the country. So, congrats to him on his announcement today, too, or on Tuesday. Um, when we're recording, this is technically the uh, National Signing Day again for football. Um, just looking through really quick, uh, we see that Logan Leanman uh, signed at the Mines today. So congratulations to him. And Perry and McClinton uh, signed with Indiana Wesleyan football. So congrats to him, obviously. Um, it's turned into in the last couple of years where the bigger uh, signing day is in December now. And uh, this one, which was traditionally used to be the biggest uh, signing day for um, football players is just kind of, uh, um, you know, 
another opportunity to uh, sign after not signing in the first period. But I bring this up because we still do not have any football schedules. Obviously, there's still time to release that. Um, but we're getting closer. I mean, teams are getting ready. I saw local schools kind of uh, clearing out the fields and the different programs working inside, working on conditioning and working on different plays and that kind of stuff. So football is going to happen. We'll see how it'll happen if it's uh, snowing in March. But um, what do you guys think about uh, how football is going to be progressing and how quickly we could potentially get schedules from our local teams here? Yeah, I think we'll we'll get those pretty soon, Michael. We've seen some programs start to uh, release schedules already, so it would be my guess that it's only a matter of time here, a couple of days, um, if not even sooner. We discussed it a little bit last week when we talked about what the formula might look like for uh, specifically, I think we touched on the nutrier side of things with sort of getting the five conference, the five teams in their division, the CSL South, and then one out of conference game. Obviously we alluded to the possibility of a game against Loyola. Um, so we'll, we'll see, but I, I think we're, we're pretty fair in saying that it'll be on the nutrier side of things. It'll be something pretty similar um, to what we talked over on, on the Loyola side of things. I think, we're a little more unclear because of all the Catholic league schools and how they're going to handle that. So we'll see how that schedule shapes up, but hopefully we'll, we'll get some additional um, certainty on that in the next couple of days here. Yeah. Pretty exciting. Kind of waiting on pins and needles just to see that schedule. It's going to be a fun release to just look at and digest. Um, you know, interesting, you know, you mentioned Perry and McClinton. So I thought, we got an interesting turn for the Loyola basketball team. Perry and Vaughn Pemberton, two huge members of the football team, are also going to be big-time members of the basketball team this, this year. So that'll be an interesting dynamic to see how that goes as we progress through um, February and March as we approach the football season. Um, so uh, that should be fun. I think Loyola is going to be a, a fun basketball team to watch, even though they lost a lot of that senior um, leadership from last year. It's going to be a very athletic and a very fun team. But anyway, football, going to be great. I think Loyal is going to be fun to watch, going to be uh, pretty dominant, uh, but maybe that's my excitement talking. So waiting on pins and needles for that edge of my seat. It's going to be good. I do have some news. Want to break some news? Just got an email sure. from Matt Troja. I don't know how. This is only breaking for our little cohort of media, but um, <laughs> it, it looks like the state will not include media as part of the limit in a, in a gymnasium. So um, the – before we weren't sure there's a 50 person limit for fans we weren't sure if media was going to be a part of that if so it was going to be tough for schools to let it happen but it looks like now it's going to be a a per district decision um separate from the 50 person capacity so uh yeah. that's good and just building off that a little bit joe we've seen some of our schools already announce spectator policies i'm not sure if nutria has come out with anything yet but i know recently loyola said that to start they're gonna there's gonna be no spectators allowed for indoor sports um not sure how long that will last or if it'll go through the entire indoor season but um, interesting to note that i know they're working a lot on increasing their capacity with live streaming a lot of these games so for fans still interested in in viewing sporting games that'll be uh taking place in the near future here indoors they still will have that streaming opportunity to view the games but it'll be interesting to see what uh what happens on the nutrier side of thing because their facility right now gates obviously probably has a little bit of a better capacity in terms of being able to social distance spectators if if they're welcome so we'll see if we'll we can get some news on on what 
nutrient plants for these indoor sports. But right now, no, no spectators at uh, home Loyola Academy games. Yeah, definitely. I know Marty mentioned that live stream. I know when you look at the nutrient schedule for um, it's basically a schedule for this week as they're trying to get sports organized and that kind of stuff, but they do have live stream links uh, um, attached to the schedule. So I know they are making it a priority to um, make sure that fans are able to watch the games. I know there was a big push in the fall to get as many subscribers as possible on, on their YouTube channel. Cause I think you need a certain amount of uh, subscribers in order to go live. Um, and they were trying to make sure to do that. Um, I remember new trying to do that, but um, yeah, it'll be really interesting to see um, how the, all that unfolds as we move forward. Obviously, that you want to just be able to get the games in at first, but uh, hopefully as we move forward, um, we can socially distance and uh, uh, have people wear masks at games, hopefully. But yeah, it'll be exciting to see what happens and it'll be exciting to uh, um, have live sports back. It's been a, it's been a hot sec since we had a since we had any of that, but uh, it'll be fun uh, to uh, have uh, different amounts of sports, especially um, once it's going to be around like five or seven sports happening at one time. <laughs> That's the fun. Well, well Michael, you, we, we got to get you out pretty soon. We'll let you know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That is everything. I'll do we some have stretching. For... Yeah. A lot of stretching. Warm up uh, a little bit. <laughs> Well, that's uh, everything that we have for this episode of the podcast. Thanks, as always, to listen uh, for listening to this uh, podcast. As always, make sure you subscribe. Pass the word along that about our past episodes as well. You can subscribe anywhere that you listen to podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, what have you. Um, make sure you uh, spread the word so we can continue to get in as many ears as possible. That sounds weird, but you know what I'm trying to say. Um, <laughs> thanks so much uh, for listening to this week's episode of the podcast next week we'll probably have some results for you we'll break some games down actually we'll uh actually talk about live sports instead of just talking about hypotheticals crazy so that should be uh that should be some fun stuff we'll have quotes and all that kind of stuff so make sure you are tuning into the record north shore online and make sure you listen to next week's episode of the podcast as well so for joe marty and i thanks so much for joining us this week and we will talk to you guys next week thanks for listening Thank you for listening to The Varsity, a product of the record NorthShore.org, your nonprofit local newsroom. The Varsity is presented by the Illinois Bone and Joint Institute with more than 150 fellowship-trained physicians in every orthopedic specialty and dozens of locations across Chicagoland and the suburbs. IBJI is your choice for patient-focused orthopedic care. To find the nearest location, visit IBJI.com.